What can I give him? I will give my heart. Stephanie, thank you so much. Good to have you and Tim home and just uh, seeing you again and sharing what you just have learned. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1 this morning. Matthew, chapter 1. We have been looking at a place called Bethlehem, and we have discovered that that place was indeed a place of pressure, a place where there was an occupying force, a place where there was an obligation to go and register for taxation, a place where there was an overwhelming pregnancy. She was great with child. We've also discovered that that was a place of peace. There was cultural peace, Pax Romanus. And across the known globe at that time, there was a relative ease of travel and a relative ease of communication as we understood that to God, this was the fullness of time that he sent forth his son. And the communication that was given to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, was one of peace. This morning we are going to see that Bethlehem was also a place of promise. A place where God had said his son would be born. Now here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, we discover what the angel was said to Joseph. We then get the account of the wise men, the magi who traveled, having seen his star and had come to worship him. And between Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2, you have to search Luke chapter 2. Now in the days of Herod, Augustus, Mary Joseph, out of Nazareth, Galilee, down to Bethlehem, and she brought forth her firstborn child. So that's between the end of chapter 1 and chapter 2 here in Matthew's gospel. You follow along in your copy of the scriptures, please. I want to begin with verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. And then I'm going to read down through verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 16 of Matthew chapter 2. And through this passage of scripture, you're going to discover three prophecies, three promises that were specifically fulfilled as God designed this event to take place. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, 
he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. Verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem, in all the region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no May God add his blessing to the reading of his word as you and I take it and apply it to our hearts and live it out through our lives for his honor and his glory. A place of promise. Matthew quotes three different prophets in the passage that we read. He quotes the prophet Isaiah. And the prophet Isaiah says to us that the virgin would conceive and bear a son and behold, it would be a sign to us, and they would call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. He quotes the prophet Micah that talks about Bethlehem. But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient cities. And then he quotes the prophet Hosea. The prophet Hosea, who, or Jeremiah, I'm sorry, the prophet Jeremiah who talks about Ramah and lamentation. Now you say, what does Ramah have to do with Bethlehem? Ramah is about five miles north of Jerusalem. And when God's people were exiled, they went through Ramah, and it was called the Trail of Tears. And during that time, there were many who did not survive the journey. And so it became known as a place of death, especially for children, because they were the ones who could not make the journey well. So this weeping and wailing that is identified in Jerusalem was now identified as that which took place in Bethlehem when Herod, the king, killed the children. 
Now, in this passage of Scripture, and I just want to bring it to your attention so that you see the promise. If you will jump down to chapter 2, verse 15, you will find a reference to another prophecy. And remain there until the death of Herod. This is Joseph and Mary who went to Egypt. This was to fulfill, fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. Hosea chapter 11. And the other prophecy that is identified here is down in verse 23. When Joseph and Mary returned, they returned to Nazareth. And the scripture says, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Now, a Nazarene was one of low estate. You may remember that Nathan, Nathaniel, in John chapter 1, when Christ was identified to him, said, could anything good come out of Nazareth? And this one who went to live in Nazareth was one who the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53 despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, is identified in that prophecy. Josh McDowell, in his book, Evidence Demands a Verdict, says this. He says, if we can, do I have a slide before that, Tyler? Do I have a quote before that? There it is. Thank you. The apostles throughout the New Testament appealed to two areas of Christ's life to establish his Messiahship. One was the resurrection, and the other fulfilled messianic prophecies. Now, in these messianic prophecies, you find the promise of where he would be born, when he would be born, who he would be born of. He would be the seed of the woman in Genesis chapter 3. He would also be born of a virgin. We said that this morning in Isaiah chapter 7. Micah chapter 5 tells us where he would be born. And in Psalm 72, it tells us that he would be presented with gifts, as we read this morning, gold and frankincense and myrrh. There could be no doubt that the promise was being fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Bethlehem was indeed a place of promise. But not only was it a place of promise, it was also a place of looking ahead. In Genesis chapter 3, Mary is told that her seed would kill the seed of the serpent. And the seed of the serpent would bruise the heel of her seed. And Mary and Joseph looked ahead toward that promise. Keep your finger here in Matthew chapter 1 and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, will you please? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is the great faith chapter. And in verse 8, we begin with the call of Abraham, which is identified for us in Genesis chapter 12. Hebrews 11, 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, 
whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles in this land. The whole narrative of Christmas looks forward to the time when God will send forth his son to rule and reign on the earth. It's not just about the birth of a baby in Bethlehem. It's not even just about, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's about the one who came to earth in human form and one day will return as King of kings and Lord of lords. It is at that point that he will sit upon the throne of his father David. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And so as you think about Christmas... Think about the place called Bethlehem. Think about the promises that God has given to us. And look ahead for that which is God is preparing for us. Look for that city whose builder and maker is God. It's a place of anticipation. Back to Matthew chapter 1 and 2, please. As God spoke to Joseph, he was told to anticipate the birth of a child who would be from the Holy Spirit. He was called to call his name Jesus, for he would save his people from their sins. It was a place of anticipation. Eve anticipated the birth of Christ way back in Genesis chapter 3. Proto-evangelum. Evangelism to take place. But not only did Eve look at the anticipation of a child being born, captive Israel looked forward to the place of a child to be born. For the Passover is that which identifies the Son of God who would come to give his life in payment for sins. The community of Israel in Leviticus and Deuteronomy talks about the purity that is necessary through the sacrifices. And then one day, one day Christ himself would come and present himself as the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. The anticipation. It was a place that looked forward to what God was going to do. The place called Bethlehem was also a place of clarity. A place of clarity. If you have not read Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, you ought to read it. Because it is a book that identifies the reality that Jesus Christ was indeed the Son of God. You see, the truth is, 
Christ was one of three people. He was either a liar, which means he knew exactly what he was doing and he lied to the people concerning who he was. He was a lunatic. He did not know he was and therefore was basically crazy. Or he was who he said he was, the Lord of all. And that was Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now in Josh McDowell's books, he talks about eight fulfilled promises. And these eight promises involved his place of his birth, the time of his birth, the manner of his birth, his betrayal, his death, the reaction of the people, how he would be pierced, and where he would be buried in a rich man's tomb. Now, if you take the probability of those eight prophecies being fulfilled about one man in history, it is one in 10 to the 17th power. There it is. You got hundreds, thousands, millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions, is that it? Okay. Well, I didn't know how to illustrate that. McDowell illustrates it this way. If you take the state of Texas, now if you're from Texas, where'd Cody go? He was right here. If you take the state of Texas, they will tell you it's the latest and greatest of all the states. Right, Tony? They have forgotten about Alaska because Alaska makes Texas seem small. But for illustrative purposes, McDowell says if you take the state of Texas and you cover it in silver dollars two feet deep, you mark one silver dollar and you blindfold one individual and you tell him to roam the state until he feels like picking up one silver dollar and the chance that that one silver dollar would be the one that would mark is one in 101 quadrillion, whatever. it's a lot, it's a lot. Now, I don't have a quadrillion anything. But I do have 170 quarters. Elijah, come help me, will you please? I'm going to give you an opportunity. Oh, Lord, please no. To take these 170 quarters home with you. Oh, oh, oh huh, huh? Now, actually, there's only 169 in here because... I have one, you see that pink mark right there, that is marked. And the only thing you have to do, Lige, is pick this one out of the bunch. Okay. How hard could this be, right? So I'm going to put this one in the middle someplace. And you saw it. Nothing in my hand. It is in there. Okay, you get one shot at this. One shot. But I'll let you keep your eyes open. No, 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 no. What you touch is what you pick up. Okay, I mean, this is the deal, right? All right, okay. All right, my friend. There you go. You're looking. Yeah, I said you could keep your eyes open. Do, 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 do. 
Would you like another shot? Now, this shot, if you get it, you get half of those. Okay. You'll still take them. You'd probably take them if I gave you one. All right, like one more shot at it. Nope, you're done. <laughs> Where were we? A place called Bethlehem, right? Now, the clarity. Do you get it? There's absolutely no doubt about the one who is born being the one of promise throughout all of the centuries. Uh, by the way, after this service, any of you who want to come and try this, you may. Okay. No, Light, you've had your shot. You had two shots. It was indeed a place of clarity. It was also a place of encouragement. A place where God sent his son to be the savior of the world. Did you notice who the wise men were seeking? They were seeking the one who was born king of the Jews. And what was their purpose in finding him? So that they could worship him. The passage that we did not read talks about how Mary and Joseph went to Egypt because they were forewarned in a dream that Herod would come and kill the babies. And after Herod died, they were sent back to Nazareth because it was now safe for their baby, a time of encouragement. Sometime next week, I anticipate, we will take down all of our Christmas decorations. And it will kind of be a downer time. I enjoy everything that Connie does to make the house look beautiful, and she does a great job. And she does it all. And that's even better. But I want you this Christmas 2015 to be encouraged. God has been faithful to all of us this past year. Amen? Some good times, some tough times. Some times of success, some times of struggle. Some times of great joy and some times of great burden. But be encouraged because it was in Bethlehem that God sent forth his son. Why? So that we would know there is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But God is, class, faithful, who will not suffer us to be tempted. Any event in our lives to take place.
above that we are able, but will with that temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it because he helps us carry the load. Be encouraged. And there is no greater way to be encouraged than to remember what he did for us through his given body and his shed blood. I'm going to ask our praise team to come, please, and lead us in a time of worship and focus as we remember what God has done through that babe in a manger who came to save his people from their sins.